Welcome everybody. How are they to you? We are past the 40 days lockdown, but the more important thing is that it's Mother's Day today. And a big shout out to all the moms, and I'm sure you will all know that uh, particularly from this lockdown time, how absolutely amazing moms are. And a big shout out to moms. I think moms have come, have just gone up four or five notches if there was more notches to go. And they're up there with uh, all the amazing work that they've done and schooling and feeding and, and just all the stuff that goes down in households, in providing and just in every respect. We just want to say massive thank you to moms. You are absolute champions. And at the end of my preach, we've got a special surprise for some of the moms. So, so hang in there and watch after at the end of, of this broadcast. Another big announcement for us is all the business people out there. Uh, we do realize that this is a massive, uh, uh, tough time for business people. And so we want to make something available to the Glenridge business people, uh, business owners, uh, just business people in general, just to connect with you, find out who you are, find out how we can stand with you, find out how we can pray with you and get with you. And so what we're going to do is 9.30 to 10.30 on Tuesday, we are going to have a business Zoom call. We are going to have a panel of experts in the, in the form of Michael Honeywell. He works for FNB. Uh, Craig Robertson's got his own business property company and, uh, and Raymond Manisis, who is a human uh, a lawyer for, uh, what's that thing called, for people, uh, a lawyer to labor, a labor lawyer, that's it, that's it Raymond, I, I knew I was going to get you, he is an expert in labor and we're going to have the three of them on a panel and you are able to link into that, into that, into that webinar by just looking at all the links on the descriptions below this, uh, all these feeds on Facebook and YouTube. Um, if you also want to just keep, a, keep an eye on all the social media and we will just find the links and we will also uh, message links to, to all of the people on our, on our WhatsApp number so that you can pass them out to those that would like to be part of that. But really it's a, it's a moment to gather the business people together to breathe life and faith uh, in these tough times and trust that God will do something amazing in our businesses. So don't miss that Tuesday, 9.30 uh, till 10.30. It's going to be an incredible, incredible time. But to get back to the book of Acts and uh, very exciting this morning, I want to I wanna look at the life of Peter and in uh, the text in Acts chapter 1 and in Acts chapter 2, in fact, it says there, and Peter stood up. Peter stood up among the, the believers, it says, uh, we'll, read, we'll read that now. And in Acts chapter 2, it says, and, and Peter stood up with the 11. So he stood up amongst the believers and just and whoever was there in the upper room and the 120. But then he also stood up with the 11, with the leaders. And I believe at this time, we need believers and we need a new breed leadership to emerge that is going to stand up among the believers, but also stand up and lead at this time. And uh, I want to look at what, have a look at Peter's life, um, go back to, to Luke chapter 22, and look at Peter's life and say, and ask the question, why did Peter stand up on those, on that day, um, in Acts chapter 1? So if you wouldn't mind turning to Acts chapter 1, verse 14, we're going to read there a couple of verses, and then I'm going to jump to Acts chapter 2, verse 14 as well, 
and we're going to read there as well. So if you wouldn't mind just going into both those places and we will get going. To Acts chapter 1, verse 14, it says this. They all joined together constantly in prayer, along with the woman and Mary, the mother of Jesus, with his brothers. So it's the upper room that Jesus has told them to go wait there until the Spirit of God has come upon them. And so now they're sitting waiting there. They're in, there, in that space waiting there. And they join together constantly in prayer. I want to make a comment about prayer in a moment. Verse 15, in those days, it says, in those days, Peter stood up among the believers, a group numbering about 120, and said, brothers, the scripture had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke long ago through the mouth of David concerning Judas, who served as a guard for those who arrested Jesus. He was one of our number and shared in this ministry. And Peter is leading the charge in, in finding somebody to re replace Judas. So remember, this is, this is the same Peter that denied Jesus three times. All of a sudden, in Acts chapter 1, he's the guy leading the charge and leading, leading this group of people in the appointment of another one of the twelve. Acts chapter 2, verse 14. Then Peter stood up with the eleven, Remember there, Peter stood up among the believers. Now Peter stood up with the eleven, raised his voice and addressed the crowd. Fellow Jews, all of you who live in Jerusalem, let me explain this to you. Listen carefully to what I say. And he goes on to give an explanation as to what people are seeing when they are thinking that this, this group of people are drunk because the Holy Spirit has come upon them. And he goes on to expound theologically what's actually happened and, and explain to them, this is not, no, no, these guys are not drunk. Actually, this is what was predicted. This is what uh, has come true according to the scriptures. So we see this, this amazing man, Peter, who starts to stand up. Um, just a quick note on prayer before I get into Peter, because I think this is, this is very key. And I noticed this in verse 14. It says there, they all join together constantly in prayer. I want to give us two absolutely key very important ingredients to prayer the first one is this they joined together there was a unity in prayer so prayer that ushers in a revival prayer that ushers in a spirit of a move of the spirit of god prayer that is in the upper room waiting and allowing waiting for the spirit of god to come upon them is prayer that is in unity they're in unity with what they're praying. They're in unity with each other. There's this incredible unity. They're joined together. They're joined together. The second important word there is constantly. They're joined together constantly in prayer. So the first key is unity. The second key for, for powerful prayer is persistence. Persistence. They're joined together constantly in prayer. Friends, I want to encourage us over this time uh, we, we pray corporately kind of together on a Thursday night at seven o'clock on Facebook Live. But I want to I want to I want to encourage as many of us to get be on that be in that space as possible so that we can form a culture of prayer together and constantly joining together in prayer and joining constantly in prayer. And so we are trying to build that culture into the life of the church where we can see the power of God move because of the incredible prayer life of the saints in the life of the church. Remember this, friends, because God has promised it something, it doesn't mean when now we don't have to pray. 
Sometimes people get that idea, well, God's promised the move of God. We just have to relax and, and park off and wait for what he's going to do to come. No, 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 friends. If we look at this text right here, it's actually his promises that give us the motivation and the confidence to pray. It's because God has promised the gift of the Holy Spirit. It speaks of the, the Holy Spirit coming as a gift and the promise of the Father. Because there's a gift of God and because there's a promise of God that Jesus has told them to go and wait for, this has given them the motivation as well as the confidence to pray. And I want to encourage us, friends. God has promises over this, over this city of Durban is a revival. The promises of God over South Africa going into Africa is this incredible flame that moves into Africa. Those are some of the promises of God over this nation. Friends, part of, the, part of this pandemic that, uh, that is coming out of what's coming out of this, this pandemic is a hunger and a thirst for more of the, the reality of Jesus and of God. And friends, we've got to be praying together constantly and in unity. And I believe when the church starts to do that, we're going to see the kind of revival that we're all longing for and hoping for in our time. Just two quick keys of prayer. Let's get back to Peter though. Peter, friends, it says there, in those days. That's the first thing I want to say. In those days. In those days, Peter stood up among the believers. In which days? In those days where they were waiting in the upper room. I want to say to us here, in those days when there's COVID-19 and there's a pandemic and nobody and there's chaos and everybody's running and everybody doesn't really know and it's uncertain. In those days, Peter stood up. And I want to say to us, in these days, you need to stand up. You as a believer, you as somebody that knows the king need to stand up. And those of you that don't yet know the king, I want to tell you that there's a king in heaven waiting to hear your cry so that he can help you stand up. But friends, it's in these days that God's calling the church, that God is calling leaders, that God is calling men and women to stand up. In the crisis and the confusion, we need men and women of God to stand up. The second thing we look there is what I spoke about earlier. He stood up among the believers and he stood up with the 11. He stood up with the church and he stood up with the leaders. There's, there's this incredible need for people, the people of God, to stand up at this time and to lead. Remember this, friends, just 52 days earlier than this moment, in Peter's life, he was denying Jesus. He was denying Jesus 52 days before this. Now he is leading the charge and appointing Judas, uh, uh, the replacement for Judas. And it's in these moments that he is preaching the gospel that 3,000 get saved. But just 52 days before this, he was denying Jesus. And so what I want to do is I'm asking the question, what made Peter stand up? And what's going to help us, you and me, stand up in these days, in this moment, in these days of crisis and confusion? Let's, if you wouldn't mind turning to Acts chapter, or Luke chapter 22, verse 31. Luke chapter 22, verse 31. This is what it says. Luke 22, verse 31. Simon, Simon, Satan has asked to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed for you 
I have prayed for you, Simon, that your faith may not fail. And when you have turned back, strengthen your brothers. But he replied, Lord, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. Jesus answered, I tell you, Peter, before the cock crows today, you will deny me three times that you know me. You'll deny three times that you know me. Then Jesus asked them, when I sent out, when sent you out with purse, bag or sandals, did you lack anything? And he goes on to talk about how they're going to go out this time around. But friends, I want to concentrate on those first three verses. Chapter verse 31 to verse 33. And I want to ask this question. What made Peter stand up? And what we, what we see here is that we see Jesus recognizing and understanding something that's going on behind the scenes in the spiritual realm where the enemy, the opposer, is coming and asking to sift and wanting to sift Peter as wheat. Now, sifting is a, is a, is a, is a horrible process. And I looked up what sifting and the purpose of sifting obviously is to destroy, is not to destroy us, is but, to, but not to destroy the wheat, but to get rid of the chaff so that the purity of the wheat is left. And so in the, in the sifting process, what happens is there is a, the step one of the sifting process is threshing. And what you do is you loosen, you loosen the chaff from the, the edible grain by, bleep, by beating it with a flail. So sifting comes by beating. It's like by hitting this, boom, 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 boom. The second part of sifting is winnowing. And that's where the loosened chaff now is, is taken with a, with a fork or, or, or an implement and thrown into the air. And the, and the chaff is blown away and the, and the wheat stands behind. This is, how, this, is, this is how sifting would happen in Jesus' day. And what, what the enemy is asking of Peter here in, in Luke chapter 22 is that he wants to sift Peter like wheat. The problem is, is that the enemy's sifting is to destroy us. God's purifying is to show us where our weaknesses are and get rid of them so that we can prosper. But the enemy wants Peter to go down. And, and what we see here is Jesus coming to Peter and saying, Peter, the enemy, the, the opposer has come and wants to sift you like wheat. But I've prayed for you. But I've prayed for you. And I've prayed that your faith would not fail. Friends, let's be honest. In good times, we're a little bit like Peter. In the end, he says, no, 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 Jesus, that's a lot of rubbish. I'll never desert you. I'll never leave you. The words he actually says is, I'm ready to go with you to prison and to death. He says, I'm ready to go with you. That's absolute nonsense. When Jesus says the, the, the poser wants to come and, and sift you, Peter says, no, no, no. No worry about that. That's never going to happen. I will follow you. I will follow you wherever you go. In fact, I will follow you to death. And list a little bit later on, he is completely denying Jesus, denying that he knows Jesus utterly. This is this Peter that stood up in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2. So God is asking us to stand up among the believers and with the leaders and to usher in this new season. The question is, what made Peter stand up? 
I have four things that made Peter stand up. And the first thing is this. The prayers of Jesus. The first reason why Peter stood up in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 is that Jesus prayed for him. Friends, it's incredible to think that Jesus sits at the right hand of the Father. His blood speaks a better word than the blood of Abel. His blood, death, burial, resurrection, and ascension is in place. But it's more than that. He sits at the right hand of the Father interceding on our behalf right now for you and for me. The reason why Peter stood up is that Jesus prayed for him. Jesus prayed for him. And Jesus has not stopped praying. Isn't it incredible as well is that Jesus doesn't pray for the sifting to stop. Jesus prays that his faith doesn't fail. And in whatever we're going through at this time, friends, and you know what? The reality is this, friends, is that our faith does fail at times. We do get into places where we think, where is God? Actually, what am I doing here? What am I believing? Where, what am I doing? Is this a load of rubbish? What's going on? We have moments like that where we even, maybe we've even denied Jesus at times. Friends, it's not when, it's not if, it's when those times happen. We've got to know this, is God still wants us to have our Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 moment where we stand up and take responsibility for the call of God over our lives. Jesus doesn't pray to stop the sifting, rather he prays for his faith not to fail. And isn't it incredible how confident Jesus is in his prayer? Because what he says is he says, and when you turn back, go and encourage your brothers. So he doesn't say, if you, if you turn back, Jesus' prayers are pure gold. Jesus' prayers are prayers that carry the heart of God. Jesus is unbelievably confident in his prayer for Peter that he will, his faith will not fail, but actually that he will turn back and encourage his brothers. The prayers of Jesus are a powerful reality in our lives right now. Jesus is speaking up on our behalf right now. Jesus is speaking up on your behalf right now. In the mess of your life, wherever you're at, in the denial, in the wherever you're at, friends, Jesus' prayers is, are speaking up on our behalf. The blood of Jesus, friends, as I said earlier, continually speaks a better word. The Spirit groans and helps us in our time of weakness, according to Romans chapter 8. But Jesus plays this incredible intercessory role in our lives where he is praying for us even when we don't even know it. And we know that from Hebrews chapter 7, verse 25 to 26. This is what it says. This is one of many places it talks about the intercessory role of Jesus. Therefore, he was able to save completely those who came to God through him because he always lives to intercede for them. He always lives to intercede for them. His blood intercedes for us and his words and his prayers intercede for us. Such a high priestly duty uh, truly meets our need. You see, this is the perfect high priest. Last week I spoke about a new priesthood, but actually there's a high priest in heaven right now who's praying on our behalf, getting before God on our behalf in every way to meet 
our need so that our faith will not fail. He says, such a high priest truly meets our need. One who is holy, blameless, pure, set apart from sinners, exalted above the heavens. Friends, we point number one is this, is that we have Jesus seated at the right hand of the Father, his blood speaking a better word with a covenant, an unbreakable covenant in place that we enter in as we trust him and believe in him. But the amazing thing is that he also intercedes on our behalf and prays for us. And that's one of the reasons why Peter stood up is because Jesus prayed for him. The second reason why Peter stood up is this simple fact. Faltering faith is not failing faith. Faltering faith is not failing faith. Jesus did not see Peter's temporary lapse of faithlessness as a complete failure of faith. In fact, he told him, he said, Peter, you are going to fail. You are going to deny me. But yet, Jesus continues to pray that his faith would not fail. Friends, at this time, no matter where your mind has been, no matter where your heart has been, now maybe you've walked away from God. Maybe you have completely denied God. And maybe it's not just over COVID. It's in, it's in through, the, through the hardship of life, through being hurt by the church, being hurt by Christians, by, by being disappointed by God. You've denied God and you've stepped away from Him. I want to say to you, I want to say to you that there's a high priest in heaven that's been interceding for you and your temporary lapse is not failure in His eyes. He is praying that your faith would not fail but come through today. Today. That today you would make a commitment back to God and say, God, I want to put my faith back in you because you have purpose over my life for the sake of the world, for the sake of your glory. Faltering faith is not failing faith. Isn't it amazing that he went fishing? He went fishing. He, he goes through this, he denies you, he goes back fishing again. And guess what? Jesus goes back to find him. He finds them in John chapter 20 and 21. They are, they are busy fishing and Jesus is standing on the shore and calls out to them, hey, you must put your, you must cast your nets on the other side, go over there. And they haul this massive amount of fish in, but they recognize Jesus' voice. And when John, the, John the, the, the one that Jesus loved, it says, recognize Jesus' voice and said to Peter, hey, that's the Lord. Peter, without even thinking, bailed straight out of the boat into the water and swam to, to be with Jesus. And in John chapter 21, we see Jesus restoring him and saying, feed my sheep, feed my lambs, go and do what you're called to do. The call of God has not failed. Your temporary lapse, your temporary faltering is not a failure. Actually, there's grace in my heart and I've been praying for you. I pray that you this morning, if you've walked away from Jesus, come back to him now. Because your failure, your falter is not a failure to him. That's the second thing. The first thing is this, Jesus is praying for you. That's the reason one, first reason one why Peter didn't, why Peter stood up was Jesus was praying for him. Number two, faltering faith is not failing faith. Number three, Peter put his strength in Jesus and not his own ability. Friends, this is, this, is, this is a big one. You've got to remember Peter at this stage, he was so confident that he was going to follow Jesus unto death. 
And Jesus looks at him and says, bro, you, it's not going to happen. You're going to deny me. You see, Jesus, uh, Peter was full of himself. He was full of self-assurance instead of Jesus' assurance. He was full of himself. He was, he was so entirely confident in his ability to walk this road that he forgot that actually he was a frail human being that needed the power of the Holy Spirit and needed Jesus to walk with him. Friends, I want to say to you, the enemy preys on our overconfidence. The enemy loves an overconfident believer. A, 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 a believer that's put their confidence in their own ability and own talents and are not, haven't put their confidence in Jesus. Prey on those super gifted, super confident people. The very strength that God has put into us becomes our weaknesses and the enemy prays there. The enemy prays over the areas in our lives where we are so sure of ourselves, friends. Friends, this is a moment for God to undo us and make, put our, enable us to put our confidence in Him and not in ourselves. And what we see with Peter is we see this transition having happened. Isn't it incredible when Peter walks on the water, he gets out of the boat. They see Jesus. He gets out of the boat. He's the only one to get out of the boat. Just remember. This is Peter. I mean, he gets, he, gets, he gets labeled as this kind of impetuous guy that you don't want to be. But friends, he's the first one to dive in the water to be restored back to Jesus. He's the first one out of the boat to walk towards Jesus. And when, he, when he, the, the storm begins to overwhelm him, he doesn't reach back to the boat for, for safety. He reaches out to Jesus and says, Jesus, please save me. He has moved from being self-confident to Jesus confident, even in the midst of a storm. It's an incredible picture of somebody that's moving away from sure in themselves to being sure in what Jesus can do for me. Friends, the enemy preys on our self-assurance. God wants to put in us at this time a God assurance, a God confidence, a Jesus confidence that will enable us to stand up among the believers and enable us to stand up in front of the, 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 the leaders and begin to preach the gospel and to change the world. That's number three. Number three is the reason why, Jesus, why Peter stood up is that he learned that his strength must be in Jesus, not in himself. The fourth thing is this. The reason why Peter stood up. This is another profound one. They're all profound. All four of these are profound for me. I just ministered to me. The prayers of Jesus to know that Jesus is praying for us. Faltering faith is not a failing faith. Number three, we put our, put our strength and our confidence in Jesus, not in ourselves. Number four is when we are sifted, the fruit of the, that is produced in the sifting is to be made available for the good of others. The fruit of the sifting process is to be made available for the good of the others. Jesus says to him, I'm going to pray that you, that your faith is not going to fail. And when it doesn't, what I want you to do is I want you to turn back and I want you to go and encourage your brothers. It's incredible, friends. The reason why, one of the, the fourth reason why Peter stood up on in Acts chapter 1 and Acts chapter 2 and profoundly appointed a new apostle and profoundly explained theologically what had happened in the outpouring of the Spirit is because he realized this, what has happened in me, this failure, this, this, this faltering faith has put something in me that I can minister to others. 
and I'm going to make sure that I'm going to let what God has done in me through this process available to others. And I'm going to live beyond myself and live for the sake of others. Friends, having overcome, that's not, overcoming is not the end of the story. Overcoming must lead to a focus. Your successes must lead to a focus to help others. When you've returned to me, Jesus says, strengthen your brothers. You see, the strength that God puts in you, in your failures, is there so that you can be strengthened, the people around you. Our weaknesses, I've said, our weaknesses may induce a battle. So what happens is our weaknesses induce a battle. That's where the enemy gets in. Our weaknesses may induce a battle, but our victory supplies the ammunition that others will need in their battles. Let me say that again. Our weaknesses may induce a battle in our lives, but our victories supply the ammunition that others will need for their battles. They will still have to fight their battles, but you know what? We can supply them with the ammunition that we've learned to, so that they can overcome their battles. In fact, this is so profound for Peter that he later in his epistle, in 1 Peter chapter 1, verses 6 to 7, he would later write this. Listen to what he says. 1 Peter 1, 6 to 7. In this you greatly rejoice, though now for a little while you may have had to suffer grief in all kinds of trials, just like he did. These have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold, which perishes even though refined by fire, may, pre, may be proved genuine and may result in praise, glory, and honor when Jesus is revealed. Isn't it incredible, friends? Jesus says to him, go back and strengthen your brothers. The fourth reason why Peter stood up is because he realized what he's gone through is for the strengthening. It's the ammunition for others to fight their battles. And he says this, he says, even though you may suffer many trials in this life, those things have come so that your faith of greater worth than gold may be refined and prove genuine and result in praise and glory and honor when Christ is revealed. It's amazing, friends. So when we overcome, and I want to say to you, where you are right now, you need to make a call in God to stop faltering and to let your faith be restored by the power of the Holy Spirit so that you can start to give away your ammunition to help others fight their battles. For the praise and the glory and the honor when Jesus is revealed. It's not only for this life, friends. It's for that time when Jesus is revealed that there's praise and honor and glory because of the way we have overcome. Those are the four reasons that I believe Peter stood up. One, Jesus is praying for us. Two, faltering faith is not failing faith. Three, Peter learned to put his strength in Jesus, not in his own abilities and self-confidence. And number four, when we have been sifted, the fruit is there to strengthen our brothers, the people around us. Those are the four reasons I believe Peter stood up. Remember, remember last week, friends, I spoke about how the book of Acts starts with a new kingdom 
how the book of Acts starts with a new temple that is a, a temple that is flexible, adaptable, it's transportable, it can go wherever the presence of God can go, wherever you go, and, the, and heaven meets earth and the temple, and that happens wherever the believers are. So there's a new kingdom, the authority of God has come in Jesus. There's a new temple, and there's a new priesthood, and I encouraged us to activate our priesthood. And I, and I explained some of, something of how we do that at Glenridge. And introducing and integrating, investing and impacting lives and how we want that discipleship journey to move through all of the church and through all of the people as a, as a kind of a paradigm to work out our priesthood and our discipleship. But this is the fourth area that Jesus, or we see in the book of Acts starting to emerge, is this new breed leader. This new breed leader that starts to emerge. And we see it in the form of Peter. And friends, I want to say that actually we need to see it in you and me. This new breed leader who is humble. This new breed leader who's got a confidence in God's ability and not in their own ability. It's this new breed leader that, whose faith has stood the tests of fires and siftings. It's a new breed leader who lives for the sake of others. And I love what... If we go back to Acts chapter, Acts chapter 1, it says Peter stood up. This is, I'm talking about this new breed leader, new breed leader that is humble, that is confident in God's ability, that is a faith that has been, that has been tested. It's a, it's a new breed leader that lives for the sake of others. It's a new breed leader that is bold. In, in Acts chapter 2, it says, And Peter stood up with the eleven and raised his voice. Friends, we need God to come upon us that we would raise our voices at these times and begin to speak to people and bring peace to people and bring Jesus to people and bring life to people and help to explain to people what's going on and to how their lives can make sense in the midst of a pandemic. Living for the sake of others. This is what it says there. This new breed leader. He says, he says he, it says, Peter stood up in verse 15 of chapter 1. Peter stood up among the believers and said, brothers, the scriptures had to be fulfilled, which the Holy Spirit spoke about long ago through the mouth of David. You see, friends, this new breed leader knows the scriptures. This new breed leader is, is au fait with the Holy Spirit, has a relationship with the Holy Spirit and depends on the Holy Spirit. And this new breed, new breed leader recognized the prophetic purposes of God. He recognized that actually what's happening now is what David spoke about now. What David prophesied then is happening now. You see, this new breed leader, friends, lives for the sake of others. They understand the scriptures. They know they have a relationship with the Holy Spirit. And they can see the prophetic purposes of God. It's not for the special elite Christian SAS version, recce version of Christians. This is for everybody and anybody that wants it. And I want to encourage us at this time that every single one of us will stand up and get on with the call of God in our lives. Live with boldness, with confidence in God's ability, in humility, and, and, and a, 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 a growing understanding of the Scriptures, a, a, a deeper relationship with the Holy Spirit, and a greater insight into the prophetic purposes of God. Bless you. Have an incredible week. Hang on after this because there's a special Mother's Day moment. Can I pray for you? Father, will you come upon us right now? I pray, Father, those that have walked away from you, those that have maybe even denied you, that at this time you would restore them back to the kingdom. 
that you would restore them back to relationship, that they would have insight into the prayers that you have prayed, and that they would know, Lord God, that actually their, their faltering steps are not a failure for you, that you can reconcile, that you can bring back, that your grace is sufficient. And I thank you for that right now in people's homes and on people's screens that you would do a powerful work in Jesus' name. Amen.